This is 93.7 The Ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Presented by Wingstop. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! That's right. It's the captain, the ticket, 93.7. I'm talking to the big fella, William G. Washington. Big Will, what's up, man? Who's the toughest person you blocked? In practice. In practice? In practice. I'm going to make a lot of outside linebackers very mad right now. Uh, It was a tight end, Jock Allen. Jock (laughs) Allen. The the scout team legend. The wizard. Jock Allen. That strip drill we used to do a week kind of warm up on you know going half speed and you get you get you're going against jocks he would drop his anchor you couldn't move it dang <laughs> man we just going through we just warming up jock he going full speed <laughs> jock allen nick Will, that's the that's the, the the scout team all-american of all americans we got to get a scout team all-american plaque or something for jock exactly He's a, he's a statue. Well, because 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 people don't know that the, the guys like Jock, who mm-hmm. who who is selfless in their play, because because yeah. when we talk about being selfless, you know, at tight end sometimes you have to be selfless. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to look at the betterment of everybody else sometimes at the detriment of ourselves. But but that was Jock Allen. If it was a guy that I would say sacrificed playing, he probably could have played at any other school if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But because of his love for Nebraska, his love for his brothers, he stuck it out, and he made everybody around him good. So it was funny for you, for me to hear you say that Jock Allen was one of the toughest guys you had to deal with in practice. He was a tight end. And he was a tight end. <laughs> Yeah, but as far as the outside linebackers go, uh, as far as giving me a tough time or someone I had to to work a little extra for would probably be uh, Dwayne Harris. Uh, get those long arms, Debo. You know, and so to, to so if he got his hands on you first, that made it real difficult. So it was important to beat him to the punch. Uh, so you'd have a fighting chance because his arm was just way too long. Now, was he and, Debo? Was he Debo back then too? Did they call him Debo back then? I don't think so. But he was on. He was well on his way. Oh, okay. So, well, by the time I got there, you know, it's a funny story. I'm on my recruiting trip. It's '92. Mm-hmm. Everybody used to be at the underground. You remember that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm Damon Benny's my host. Me and him to get along in high school, but you know he's at Nebraska, so. I let bygones be bygones. We get to the little party. Everybody's there. All the old heads are there. And Dwayne, being Dwayne, being Debo, Mm -hmm. he asked me, he said, what position you play? I'm like, fullback. And he was like, I'm going to knock your bleep in the dust. And I'm like, dude, Damon, get me out of here, man. I don't even know these dudes. They're already trying to pick on me, man. What? What is that all about? So, I uh, Debo went Debo on me early and and often when I played. Um, yeah. 
some of the other guys would have been like who? David White, Mike Crow, you said? Yeah, David White, he, he was thick, you know. He was, you know, a wide body. So it was, you know, that made it challenging. And uh, Mike Crow, because he used his legs. Uh, you, when you hit him, you could feel all this power generated from his legs. He used that technique. He had good base. And so that made it difficult. Uh, but the thing about it was, there wasn't a day at Nebraska that I wasn't going against a uh, a number one pick in the draft, a future number one pick in the draft, uh, all American. Every day I went I went against that. So when I went to the games, uh, that was that was that was easy for me, you know. And I used to always say that uh, they got a break because they weren't going to see a tight end that could block them the way I did. So. It worked, it worked for both position groups competing against each other every day. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't see anybody better than the other uh, in, in a game atmosphere. So, And I think that's what made it, you know, we, we say that, and I think people take mm-hmm. that for granted, but it's the truth. When yeah. you went 150 miles an hour against each other, against the best, what we thought mm-hmm. was the best and what obviously the writers thought was the best in the NFL, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it makes it game, – game time is easy because you ain't going to see nobody like that. Exactly. Exactly, and, and there was one publication where it had like the best duos at each position, and uh, me and Johnny Mitchell were were the representative tight ends across the country. And, oh yeah, that was uh, a killer. Uh, took, a, took a lot of pride in that, playing with guys like Todd Billiken, Money Krakenstein, Chris Garrett, uh, then like Gerald Armstrong, Mark Gilman, Mike Bedrill, Matt Shaw, the guys behind me. You know, with the brotherhood of tight ends, you know, and. And you know, watching those guys develop and and uh, compete, you know, because we we you know big big eight back then, uh, a lot of those uh, outside backers each week they were all you know first second team second third team all American, you know, it was it was it was a grind every week. Now you talked about uh, the first man as far as hands. You was talking about Dwayne Harris and mm-hmm. if you could beat him there to 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 your hands to the inside. How important yeah. is hand placement for a tight end? Well, for me, it was everything uh, because once I got my hands on you, you couldn't go nowhere. You're, you're going to go where I want to take you. Uh, it allowed me to turn turn, turn the, the, the uh, outside backer's body, turn his shoulders, and plus the hand place was important too because once you got back inside, let's around the numbers, they wouldn't call holding on you. Right. And so sometimes I would grab a guy and I'd bring him to me. Mm. So he can't, they can't call nothing. He's at my mercy, you know? And so just a lot of different techniques. Uh, but the main thing is, is, is foot placement. And, and the mind, main thing is your attitude, you know, mind blocking is a mindset. No matter what position you play on offense to block, you have to have a mindset to be a good blocker. Whether you're running back, whether you're a fullback, lineman, tight end, receiver, it's all about your mindset. When you when you when you look at today, because we all you know, I mean, once a Husker, always a Husker, and mm-hmm. we want our alma mater to to play well. We want to be able to brag about them. It's mm-hmm. been a long time since we've been able to brag about them. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some of their weaknesses and, and and what's their strengths? If you could if you could name some. Yeah. Well, first off, you know, as ex player, um, I kind of wish that they would. That that they weren't constantly being compared 
to the teams of the late 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s mm. uh, because the game has changed. Uh, obviously, the personnel's changed. The coaches changed. Uh, I want them to have their own success because at this point, if when they do have success, it will not be based on anything we've done in the past because it's been so far removed. Uh, it's going to be their own identity, their own team, uh, their own results. And so I just want them to enjoy the things that we enjoy. You know, the bowl trips, the championships, getting a ring, what have you. Um, I want them to experience that. What do what but so, what does that what do they have to do to get back to experiencing that though? Where what's the game plan well, to getting back? Well, I haven't been privy to the practices, but it all starts in practice. It starts in the weight room. Uh, it starts in your approach and how you do things. Um, because just looking at the landscape, if you go to go by pure talent, um, we shouldn't be getting beat by Purdue. We out-recruit Wisconsin. We out-recruit uh, Iowa. We out-recruit, you know, up the middle teams in the, big, in, in the Big Ten. So we should be, just on talent alone, we should be beating them consistently. Mm-hmm. And so something tells me something's not right in the preparation. Something's not right in the coaching. Something's not right in the technique. If you just go based on talent, right? Yeah. So what's making up that gap or what's causing us to lose that gap we have in recruiting and in talent. And so it's got to get back to the fundamentals. And the main thing I've seen is just the mental mistakes. You know, all the, all the pre-snap penalties, the calls on holding on third, uh, the defensive calls on third, third down. Um, it's like I said, it's a mindset. You got to be disciplined, and I think they lack discipline, and and they lack that physicality too. You know, and and controlling the line of scrimmage. But it all starts in the in the in the offensive and defensive lines to me. In football, no matter what you look, you look down at the SEC, they got first and second rounders uh, on the good teams. Um, in the, in the trenches. That's where it all starts. And if we ever get those trenches built back up, uh, we'll start seeing uh, the skills that should be able to do what they need to do. But it's got to start in the lines. Absolutely. got it, it, It's got to start up front. We've mm-hmm. always been known for how we block, how tenacious we were blocking in, in, in order to get back. It, you're definitely right. It has mm-hmm. to do – you think the transfer portal is good or bad for football? Uh-huh. That's a tough one. Uh, I think uh, that's a tough one. I think it's good for the players, but I think it's tough when you see players jumping from school to school to school. Um, I don't like that aspect of it. I don't, you know, I don't want to say they don't want to compete, um, but this, but the thing that stirs me more than anything is seeing people that are starting or that have started or will be starting. They're leaving the school. That's the issue. That's one issue I really have. When you're already getting playing time and you're starting, why are you transferring? Why are you leaving? I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. Some of the, the guys that may never play that much, whatever, want to go off, go, go off and play uh, at a smaller school or a different school, I have no problem with that. But I do have a problem with them going from school to school to school. You know, that's just a little much. It, seem, it seems like that's the mentality – of the youngsters these days that if mm-hmm. when you know when the, we always was taught when the going gets tough the toughs get yeah. going yeah they're but, taught 
if when the going gets rough, start running. Yeah, but the but a lot of these problems you had to place at the feet of the NCAA. Mm. These things were talked about even before I got to college. You know, players receiving money, uh, the transfer rules, and they didn't do anything about it. And now the courts got involved, and this is what you get: free agency, players getting all this money now. You know, and so that's that's a lot of that due to the inaction of the NCAA. Why do you think they did that? Why do you think they opened up the floodgates? Because in my mind, when I think SEC, I'm thinking mm-hmm. the SEC been getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. Those mm-hmm. players been getting paid. So did yeah. they open it up to level the playing field? They opened it up because they lost in court. Oh. I was going to lose in court. You know, that's, it started with that Ed O'Bannon uh, lawsuit against what, EA Sports. Mm-hmm. With, you know, and, and you know, because I remember being on the, the first EA college football game. That would have been Tommy Frazier's freshman year. We were, well, it was my senior year. Um, I had that game for a long time, and I didn't, you know, I sucked on the game, but <laughs> they, had, they had my rating as injured. I was slow as molasses on it. Dang. But, you know, we didn't any money for that, and they were using our numbers and everything, you know. And so, like I said, with the, with the NCAA being uh, moving like a dinosaur, uh, moving so slowly, uh, the laws and the, and the court system caught up to them, and they were they're, they're behind eight balls. So now they're trying to play catch up some kind of way, but the cat's out the bag now. So I don't know how they're going to rein this in. Hmm. So, so when you think, power, but more power to the athletes. All you, the money you can get, I have no problem with that. Do you think we could have handled getting getting that type of money? You know, and we don't listen. We really don't know what type of money they're getting. It's all speculation. Well, I tell you what, I got <laughs> in the dorms. Uh, I got twelve dollars a weekend, so I got forty eight bucks a month. Uh, when I got an apartment, I got like two fifty two sixty a month, which means I had to pay my rent, any bills I had out of that, and so. Good luck trying to live off that. We made it do. I had to work in the summers, work two jobs in the summers. And there were some times after games, which I probably shouldn't have been doing, but I'd clean out flower beds, most of me at lawns, just have some spending money. I'd give blood down to get some plasma down at the blood center to get some put some money in my get some gas money. You know. And uh, so I refused to take anything under the table or anything like that. Um, so I did what I had to do to survive. Well you think they owe us some money then? They owe us a couple quarters, don't they? I think a few nickels. That's just, for sure. That's it. Just, just throw us a little bone, man, and we'll go away quietly. Because yeah. I look at yeah. that too, man. I looked at the game. I still got those games, yeah. the NCAA games. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They, 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 and they are so lifelike because it would have me on the game. I would be blocking, you know, doing my mm-hmm. thing, and I would mm-hmm. make a big, big catch in traffic. You know, three people. But yeah. then I would be by myself and would drop the ball. And I was so mad yeah. at them for that. I was, this is exactly this is too real. Exactly. You know, and, and the thing that upsets me, I won't say upsets me, but you look back on it, the money's always been there. Relatively speaking. Maybe not to the the amount they get today, but there was always money available. Um and but you know, people say, Oh, the cost you got scholarship. Yes, but I'm 52 years old with a severely arthritic foot that is now deformed from playing football, which may end up be costing me my foot one day or, or having to have some major surgery where I'm all my bones are fused in my foot. 
Dang. You know, and so, like I said, the players can get what they get. As long as it's legally allowable, go ahead and get what you can get. Do I think it's fair? In some cases, not. You know, if I'm if I'm creating all these touchdowns and openings for these running backs and quarterbacks, and they getting all the money, I might have a little problem with that. But <laughs> no, I mean, no. Listen, we're gonna play. We're gonna play a little something. And 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 you're exactly right. If we're in the game helping these guys who the running backs are getting all the glory and, yeah. and, and the quarterbacks and we're protecting them and mm-hmm. they're getting X amount of dollars and because we're not in that glory hole of a position, mm-hmm. then now we're going to pigeonhole us to that little 250 a month. That's yeah. a problem. They need to figure out how do we how do we level the playing field. Hey, I'm talking to Big Will Washington. We'll be right back to Captain the Ticket 93.7. 